Washington's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, three minutes into the third, Carolina leads Buffalo 3-2. Earlier in Finland, Avalanche over the Blue Jackets 6-3. In the NBA tonight, Raptors taking on the Dallas Mavericks. And the NBA website sucks. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> like, you go, you go to it and the score does not appear, which bugs me. It's 26-25 for the Raptors late in the first quarter. I got the hockey game on the TV. I know the Raptors are on some channel. Uh, Oil Kings play Victoria now. Golden Bears play Manitoba now. Just getting underway. Oilers tomorrow, 12:30 face-off show. Game of two right here on 6:30. Chet. Okay. So, am I giving the Devils too much credit? I thought, overall, they deserved the victory and played very well last night. A couple people said, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. The Oilers were the better team, should have been, should have been a win, didn't do it. Derek, what do we have? Well, we've got nothing new, text-wise. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I thought there was a new one. Let me refresh. Maybe we'll get lucky. No, that's okay. I, I just, I, 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 look... I always, like, I'm, I'm big on the scoreboard. I, I, I get, you know, game flow, chances, stuff like that. But um, there are a lot of chances in hockey, but ultimately you got to execute. I, I mean, okay, could you, if, depending on how you track scoring chances, could you say the Oilers maybe had a few more absolute grade-A scoring chances? Yeah, possibly, but you got to put those in. So I, I just don't totally always go off, well, these, you know, these were the shots that, you know, the team with a couple more grade-A scoring chances, like, should have won. I mean, finishing and, and plus not making mistakes is part of part of the game. So I, I have no trouble tipping my cap to the Devils last night, or tipping my horns to the Devils, perhaps. <laughs> Actually, we do have another text oh, here. Oh, good. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, it is pretty exciting. This one's from Colton. The Oilers oh, were... wait, I know him. Oh, there you go. He, well, uh, sort of. He named a calf after me. Oh, did he? Yes. Okay. So he says the Oilers were not as good as the Devils last night, the way I look at it. The Devils were good in period one and three, and we were good in period two. And yes, the Oilers had their chances to run up the score, but I always thought the team defense wasn't firing on all cylinders against the fast team like the Devils. And well, not sure exactly how good the Oilers are at defending because I'm still spectacle of the defense. Thanks, guys. Yeah, well, first of all, I will say this as a positive for the Oilers. Uh, the penalty killing was good. They went uh, three for three after being scored on quite a bit in, uh, well, most of the year. I mean, they got one of the worst PKs in the league. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that to me, that's part of it. Like, when you got the lead, you got to extend the lead or have the ability to shut it down. And as we were talking about with, with Mooner and Rob and I last night, I think shutting it down in the NHL is getting increasingly difficult. Not impossible, and good teams are still going to be able to do it more often than not. But I do think we will see more comebacks. I do think the, the overall uh, scoring in the league is going to be even higher than last year, which was the, the highest in a long time. So I, I do think that's where we're headed. But, yeah, I, I mean, but we've talked about that. That is, that's the overall theme for the Oilers, is not just how good is the defense, how good is the defending because I think, yes, certainly defensemen have made mistakes. Certainly defensemen have turned over the pucks. 
but so have forwards, and so have forwards uh, not back-checked properly or not back-checked to the right guy or, or slowed down on the back-check and, and not finished it and left the guy open. So, yes, I think that's all part of the challenge for the Oilers. Now, if they were a little better than that, then sure, maybe they win last night, but, but, but they weren't. And ultimately, I think a couple of the Oilers... I mean, again, you could probably argue the Oilers had more grade-A chances last night. I, well, I could also argue that if you wrote down the, you know, the five biggest mistakes made in the game, maybe three or four of them were committed by Edmonton, and specifically two of them that wound up in the net that we talked about with the Holloway giveaway and uh, Nima Line and misreading the play off the center ice faceoff. So that that all goes into it for me. Anyway, appreciate that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I hope that calf is doing well. And yes, I know where my steak comes from. That's what people said when they when he named the calf after me. It's like, ah, what's going to happen to that, Reed? Hey, don't think about that. Just enjoy that there's a calf named after. So is the calf's full name Reed Wilkins, or is he Wilkie or Reed? No, no or? it's just Reed. He just, okay. It's just a very beautiful calf named Reed. Well, I hope we can get an update because now I'm kind of worried about well, this maybe calf. Colton, I think maybe Colton's just lying low on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think he's fine. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's just uh, he, he named the calf. He sent the picture in. And uh, everything's good. That's that's a high honor right there. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, well, if you're going to have something named after you, might as well be an animal. Sure. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best. And why not a calf? Could have been a donkey. Like they could name a, a street after me. <laughs> Wilkie Way. When did, when did this at March 11th? I found it on my Twitter account. March 11th, 2021. I wrote, pretty big honor to have 6.30 Chet listener Colton name his calf Reed as it was born during Inside Sports a few nights ago. Hope this Reed has an unveal life. Oh, but I'm psh. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, the calf is a little over a year and a half, hopefully. Awesome. Well, when do they stop being a calf? I think once they turn one, they're no longer a calf, aren't they? Boy, I, I, you got me on that one. <laughs> I'm not sure. How long is a calf called a calf? You gotta love Google for stuff like this. Stuff you just need the answers to. Uh, yes, I think they become yearlings after the. Like I'm not, even though I grew up in a rural area, I don't know what all this stuff is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe somebody will text us. Well, we got a lot of people who are ranch. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, very more uh, rural oriented. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, 7804960063. If you want to talk hockey or educate me on uh, calves, <laughs> that would be incredible. Okay, this this was a fun little chat today. Uh, Andreas Ulrich. Yes, he has the same last name as the guy from Metallica. He is uh, Leon Dreisaitl's agent with UCOM Player out of Germany, and uh, I was talking to him about how he got to represent Leon. Well, actually, it started with a coincidence. A friend knows a friend and somebody who knows someone, and uh, that's how we got together with the family, actually. And um, Peter is dead. Uh, he has remembered me a little bit because um, I've been involved in German hockey for the last, I don't know, 25 years plus. And he was a player, a coach, and um, a huge star himself in, in, in German hockey. So uh, anyway, we, we ended up uh, meeting the family. Then we got introduced to Leon, and then... Uh, Leon made the call. Okay, I want to give this. I want to give it a try with these guys. So tell me about Leon's 
fame, I guess, <laughs> in Germany. I mean, he's already the highest scoring German hockey player of all time and, and counting. You know, what's it, uh, what's it like for, for Leon in Germany? Well, I would say that um, you have to look at it from, from two different angles. Number one, he is, as an athlete, an absolute superstar. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, there's only two or now three guys who ever got awarded an MVP um, award um, in, in a major or in a big sports. Um, so he's definitely one of the, the biggest guys uh, Germany has now as an athlete. Um, when it comes to his popularity, um, it was a little different, but there's a growing interest from the media side, from the public. Um, his his awards here and then his uh, Sportsman of the Year in Germany have uh, helped tremendously, definitely. And um, now there is there are media outlets that, that basically follow him. So when he has a good night, scoring a few a few points, um, he ends up on German television. And that was not the case till I would say like two years ago. So, I mean, my perhaps somewhat ignorant perspective from far away is like, well, okay, well, it's, it's a soccer nation, but yeah. what else are hockey players competing with besides the, the soccer players? Well, soccer is number one sport, and there, there's soccer, and then there's soccer, and then there's soccer. Um, and, then, and then I would say next are the indoor sports, and when it comes to uh, stadium attendance, hockey in Germany is number two. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, we, we actually have a few arenas in Germany that that would fit or match NHL uh, standards. Um, Berlin, uh, Cologne, Mannheim, soon Munich, Dusseldorf. So there are a bunch of cities who have big arenas somewhere in the 12,000 to 18,000 capacity range. And when during the playoffs or big local derbies, those arenas are sold out. Okay. Well, speaking of sold out arenas, next Sunday the Seahawks play the Buccaneers. Uh, it's your understanding that... <laughs> There was a bit of a demand for tickets to that game in Bayern Munich Stadium. Well, that, that's what I heard. That's what everybody says. That's what uh, the media uh, writes uh, and reports. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Bayern Munich has already a big stadium. It's like 77,000 capacity, something like that. And uh, the demand obviously was seven figures. So that is, that is absolutely ridiculous. But, I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's most likely his last season. So I assume that everybody who had any interest in American football in continental Europe bought a ticket or tried to at least get one. And you were telling me before we started here that that's kind of Tampa Bay's country, for lack of a better explanation? Yeah, what, what the NFL has done is they allowed their teams to buy the rights of certain inter international uh, territories and uh, Tampa Bay bought Germany being the biggest market in, in Europe with, I mean, Maybe it's of interest. We have 84 million people living there, so that is that is quite a market. It's like a third of the U.S. Uh, population-wise, um, and Tampa Bay bought uh, Germany. So now you you have a um, German Instagram account uh, for the Buccaneers, stuff like that. So they're really buying into it, and then a year later they bring the team with Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Do you think there could ever be an NFL team there or anywhere in Europe? I mean, I know there'd be travel, but they only play once a week. Well, the, there, there are rumors that the NFL shows uh, that the NFL is looking at it really closely. Um, they even would consider to bring two teams to London, not only one, but two, and then a few uh, to continental Europe. So basically to create their own division. That is a good chat with Andreas Ulrich, Leon Dreisaitl's agent with uh, UCOM Player.
So I was happy to catch up with him a little bit on the uh, sports scene in Germany and where Leon fits in. That was a fun to uh, meet him today at Rogers Place. 7804960063. Douglas is on the line. Douglas, what is going on? I just had a quick question for you, actually. Okay. But um, this has a bit of a, base, a baseball reference as well. But like when a pitcher injures his shoulder, the worst he could ever do, and he he got he has to get that Tommy John Tommy John surgery, and he can't do anything for an entire year. Yes. But he but they come back and they perform fine. But what could a young hockey player like Clefbaum have done to his shoulder that he couldn't recover from after well, all this time? Yeah, good question. Well, first of all, he did recover from it. I, and I just I knew you wanted to ask about Clefbaum, so I googled the uh, article I wrote. Um, April 23rd, 2021, when he spoke about a month after having surgery on the shoulder, and he said um, probably wasn't going to be ready for October or November. Uh, at that time, the doctors couldn't guarantee that it couldn't be re-injured. I, I don't know the exact, I, I can't remember the exact nature of the surgery. It wasn't Tommy John. I, Douglas, I think for part of this for Oscar Clefbaum is, is, is that and I don't mean this to sound critical of him, but I think his heart just wasn't in it to make a comeback to the NHL. You know what I mean? Because when he spoke, he, he spoke a lot about um, wanting to have a functioning shoulder and arm in day-to-day -day life. And if he had kids, to be able to lift up his kids and, and play with them. And, and he, uh, I just, I mean, even I remember at that time I got the impression, and this was before they ever put him on LTIR, I got the impression that I, I'm not sure he's going to play again. I, I think he's too concerned about permanent damage that would then hinder him in, in, in the rest of his life. So oh, I, 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 I don't think it's just the nature of the injury. I think it was also his mindset in recovering from the injury, becoming a pro athlete again, and the risks that could go along with that. Well, if you, I don't know, I just thought, like, after all this time, he had to have been rehabbed. I wasn't sure I, I wasn't sure. Okay, well. No, I well, here's the thing, Douglas. As, as soon as he, and I think Stoff and I have talked about this, as soon as he didn't come back in the fall of 2021, we pretty much knew he wasn't ever going to come back. That he was, ba he's basically a retired player, but he's not going to formally retire until the contract expires because you still get paid, right? Yeah, you got to like that if you're him, but... Uh, yeah, what a shame because, I mean, it's not like he's 34. I don't even know how old is he, 25 maybe or something? Uh, well, no, I think he's now 28, I believe. Let me double check. But that's a good age for a defenseman. I don't know. That's, that's just well, somebody – sorry, he's 29. He turned 29 in July. Uh, yeah, well, somebody said that to me last night. Can you imagine this team with Clefbaum on it? I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, you probably wouldn't have Kulak. You'd have Nurse and uh, Clefbaum and – you know, maybe you'd, you'd have Nima Linen or someone like Murray or whatever, right? But or Broberg. But uh, no, that's fair. That's a good question. But I, but again, I just think for him, um, there was a side of him beyond just like I have to be a pro hockey player at all costs. You know what I mean? And if they, if that's his decision, I mean, I'm not going to knock him for it. Yeah, no, that's a shame. But I mean, it's always good to have people who want to go to work for you. So I guess that's better. He's retiring. I guess. What do you think of the team this year? Uh, pretty good, I think. I mean, last night was my... What I'm really happy to see is McDavid shooting more, okay? Like, uh, I mean, the other night he scored a goal um, and he just picked the corner like it was nothing to him, right? So, 
Uh, I mean, I used to play hockey a long time ago with someone who was really good, and he always felt bad that he wasn't including everybody. You know, he wasn't Wayne Gretzky or anything. But I'm glad to see him shooting more because he can shoot the puck and score goals. So he should get more than 50 this year if he keeps doing what he's doing, right? Yeah, for sure. Douglas, thanks for your question, man. All right, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, that is Douglas, 780-496-0063. Speaking of McDavid shooting, we got a comment Wayne Gretzky made earlier today on Oilers Now, and I think we have a uh, response or two about Cavs. It's Inside Sports on Ched. is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 12.30 face-off show tomorrow, game at two. Oilers against the Stars. 780-496-0063 is how you get in touch. Derek, go ahead. So we heard back from Colton. Colton says he has too many donkeys, which he could change their names. Uh, they're calves until one year, and then they're called a yearling after that. You know, I'm not sure I'd want to be named after, uh, have a donkey named after me. And all, I always remember once I was, uh, I, I was visiting a, a farm and uh, somebody said, hey, Reed, can you go into the barn and, uh, and bring out the donkey? And I said, look, I don't know an ass from a hole in the ground. <laughs> I like it. All right. So we got the calf question answered, sort of. <laughs> McDavid scoring pace. Bob Stoffer asked the great one about it earlier today on Oilers Now. I would say, um, barring an injury, that he, he might have 50 goals by Christmas time. <laughs> so I don't think people have to worry about him getting 50 goals. I said in the first night, opening night, of the Colorado-Chicago game that, you know, I think that um, there's no question that Connor is the best player in the game. Uh, he's got a nice helper, and Dreisaitl is in the top three best players in the game. So he's in a nice situation, but at the end of the day, uh, Connor's work ethic and his desire to want to win a championship and be the best player every night, you can see it exudes through the whole hockey club. Um, you know, over 82 games, you're going to have games like last night where you get up 3-1, the goaltender gets hurt, you think you're in the driver's seat and maybe going to win 5 or 6-2 or 5 or 6-1, but those kind of games happen. And I think Jay has proven that he's a very uh, smart, astute coach. Um, you're going to have ups and downs over 82 games, but this hockey club is a much better hockey club than it was two or three years ago. And the experience of the run that they had going to the Stanley Cup semifinals, um, and they got nothing to be ashamed of. They lost to a better team last year, a team that was the Stanley Cup champion, but you learn from that. And one of the things you learn is when you get that far, how much you hate to lose and what you got to do to go that extra mile uh, to be better than next year. So I look for the Oilers to have a great year. Um, I, I think that they're an exciting team to watch. They're a fun team to watch and good for the fans in Edmonton. They deserve that. And there's no question you don't pay to watch him play every night. Um, he brings you, out, brings you out of your seat uh, because he's that good. All right. So Gretzky thinks McDavid might have 50 by Christmas. That would be fun. Inside Sports on 630 Chet.